Well, hello, and welcome to the Commander's Table. I'm Ken Armstrong. It's my pleasure to have you here this evening. And I want to introduce our guest for the evening, from a candidate for the 17th Senate District in Oklahoma, Mr. Greg Sadler. Greg, good to have you with us. Ken, hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me tonight. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on in Oklahoma right now. Okay, sure. Um, like you said, I'm running for Senate District 17. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, a first-time politician myself here. This is my, my, my first uh, uh, entry into politics here. Long-time libertarian, though. Um, our current – a little background about Oklahoma. We have a lot of counties and areas, I should say, where we only maybe have Republicans. There, there's a lot of folks going on the ballot unopposed, um, other, than their, other than their primary, of course. Um, our, our current Senator hasn't had a challenger on the, on the ballot his first two terms. So kind of wanted to jump in and, and give people an option. I feel like people are getting tired of the, the same two parties, the, the folks I've been talking to anyway. Um, give them a little option, a little, little something different that, that they get, they get the same thing one way or another here, you know, and there may be left leaning Republicans or right leaning Republicans, but they're getting the same thing one way or another. Um, a few issues popped up. Here's uh, school choice is one of them. Um, I believe that every child is different, and and they should. And if a family wants to send their kids to a, a different school, they want homeschool, private school, charter school, they should have that option to do that. And, that, and that's one of the the, uh, the core beliefs I have here. That for one of my reasons for running um, is that they should be able to send their kids to a school they want to, you know, they shouldn't be forced into to some of these schools that aren't doing so great. Um, and that just doesn't make any sense to me to, to keep forcing people into some of those schools like that. Yeah. You know, um, that's, a, that's it, an interesting point, Greg, about schools, because uh, Don and I have two kids who are, they're both brilliant. They're both successful, but they learned in very, very different ways. And to put them both in the same kind of system wouldn't have been a healthy choice for them. No, no. And, and, and it's an evolving situation. I, I have a six-year-old myself and to say he's going to learn the exact same way I did back in the seventies and eighties, that, that's hard for me to, to go to follow those that line of thinking things are so different today than they were in the past you know and, and none of us really knows where education is going to be 10 20 30 years from now but I like keeping up the keeping the options open um, and with on with everything being online and especially with the pandemic everyone's been homeschooling here you know they've been forced to as of late um, and that just makes sense to me. It, it seems like economically it makes sense that you can have that option. You know, if some if folks want to still send their kids to the, the brick and mortar school, that's fine as well. But I feel the more options we have, the more competition, the, the better education everyone's going to get. Here, here. Yeah, thank you. So what else? You, I, I know you've got some Second Amendment issues down there. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, that we're – we're fortunate here in Oklahoma that we do that we do have a you know Second Amendment. We don't have some of the issues like they have in some of the other states. Um, you know we're pretty uh, uh, gun friendly in this state, I'd say. But I also want to make sure that we're not going down the wrong road. Uh, there seems to be a feeling when the Democrats introduce gun control that it's terrible. But if Trump says any little thing about it, well, that's okay. He just really meant this or that. Um, and that doesn't hold a whole lot of water with me. I, I think it's pretty clear that it says shall not be infringed and, and, and that, and that's the way it should be. Um, I'm not a fan of some of the talk about the red flag laws or the, the bump stock bans and things like that. Um, I, I think they're getting too far in the weeds and they're, they're, even though it may be a small thing, once they start infringing on our, our liberties, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And, and, and that's kind of where I'd like to step in and, and say, Hey, hold on, this isn't right. Let, let's take a look at this. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of anyone giving up their freedom for, for any little bit of security. You know, I'm, I'm all for protecting people. Uh, I think part of NAP is we make sure that people who can't protect themselves, that they don't, that folks don't uh, abuse them. I, I think that's completely reasonable and fair. 
talking about the red flag law, though, a little bit, um, you know, that's that's one of the most ripe for abuse kind of laws that uh, that could go on the books. I completely understand why people are concerned about having neighbors who, who, who might be frightening to them. But the minute that you can drop a dime on somebody and the police can can do uh, a sealed warrant search and and uh, and and hold their 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 firearms uh, to you know and, until they can prove that they're innocent, uh, we've totally eliminated due process from that whole thing. Yes. Yep. And look how many people that have a, a neighbor they're concerned about, and they call the cops, and something happens, and next thing you know, that person was shot. Well. It, that you know, and now now they say, hey, this person also we know owns a gun, and he shouldn't have a gun. Well, now they just ratcheted that up a little bit, a couple of notches there, you know. You know, or a, a guy is he he wants to get even with his ex wife's boyfriend or whatever, and he drops a dime. I mean, it, it, it's just it's too easy to abuse that system, and. Uh, and the lack of accountability in it, the lack of due process, that's a scary thing to me. Every time that we give up due process in, in any kind of system in this country, um, we're giving the government more control and we're slipping farther into a totalitarian sort of mindset. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned drop, dropping a dime on people that look look at your during the pandemic here there's people who getting in trouble just for open up a hair salon to cut a few of their their the regular customers you know hair in, in a small environment that's probably relatively safe but somebody went out of their way to make sure that they they called the cops on them and and if that's going to happen with things like a hair salon then god only knows what's going to happen when, when you know when guns are involved there it's so true. I mean, every community, large or small, we have, uh, you know, what I call the rules Nazi, the person who loves to walk around with a clipboard and make themselves important. And if it's a homeowners association or a libertarian party or any that we all, we every group has somebody who loves to make themselves important by enforcing the rules on other people. And, and we need to be very careful that we don't give them rules that can destroy lives. Yes. Yep. Definitely. So, so tell us what else on your uh, on your platform. What's going on there? Um, the some of the other things. Um, deregulation is something that, that that bothers me. I touched on a little bit there. Um, if someone wants to have a hair salon or a nail salon or, or some of these things, I, I really don't don't see the need that they need to, you know. It, Oh, in, in a sense, pay hush money to the government every year just to have that license, just to, to be able to do something that's that, that's relatively simple like that. Um, when the government gets involved, then next thing you know, someone isn't paying paying it, and they went two years, and now, you know, God forbid a warrant goes out for somebody's arrest over something as foolish as that. That, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that we should be able to have to pay the government in order for me to show up and work earn a living and put food on my table for my family that that and I think that's something that will resonate with the, the folks here in, in Oklahoma I'm, a, I'm just east of the Oklahoma City uh, border so we're kind of out in the country here uh, it's the district covers mostly a rural type of area um, I, I feel like most of the folks out here are like myself they're, they're they're country folks they just want the government to leave us alone just you know we'll do our own thing no one's gonna work harder than we will we're going to take, we're going to take care of our family. You know, you know, we don't need any extra help from the government really. So actually I know Oklahoma has been pretty freedom minded about, uh, uh, relative to some of the other States that I've spent some time True. in lately. Uh, what are you, are you wearing masks down there when you go out in public? What are you doing? We don't, uh, there's been a few stores that have asked folks to, um, that, that's, uh, and it depends on where you go. And if you're in Oklahoma city, of course, that's, that's some parts are a little more stringent, but, um, there's things are starting to be a little more lax right now. Um, that we've been opening up some gyms and barber shops and here stuff in the last, you know, since Friday, I believe. So we're, we're making some headway there. Our curve isn't, is declining a little bit slowly, not as quick as we'd like, but it, we're, we're in, 
no way, shape, or form is in bad of shape in, in some other parts of other parts of the country. There, so uh, no, not, not not too bad at all. So I noticed it's that you know I've, I've been I've been looking at the states that had early lockdown, the states that had no lo uh, late lockdown, the states that had no lockdown at all, and you, you know that there's not a lot of difference statistically. Uh, between those three groups in terms of rate of infection or anything like that. So that leads me to believe that it's not the lockdown that is is helping to flatten out the curve, that it's probably more some of the other measures that we're taking. That's why I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, Oklahoma's been, you have been relatively successful in in, in keeping the curve pretty flat, and yet you haven't been quite as totalitarian as, as uh, let's say, New York or some of the other states. Yeah, uh, and, and we do have a little bit of an issue between the, uh, our, our governor, Governor Stitt, and some of the, the mayors of, uh, you know, say Oklahoma City or Tulsa or, uh, or Norman here, where they, Governor Stitt's kind of on the side of opening things, getting right, getting close to open things up, being a little, you know, not so heavy-handed with it. Every, obviously, everybody's still recommending, you know, take, we all take precautions. Uh, some of the some of the cities are a little more liberal-minded, and they they're not quite sure they want to jump on board with that. So we've got a little little back and forth between them. But um, but compares to most states, I think we're 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 closer to being opened up than than a lot. I think uh, out where you've got more fresh air and sunlight, uh, you're you're safer than a lot of, uh, you know. This it is different in the yeah. cities. I think we have to acknowledge yeah. that it's different. Yes. Yeah, and we've already had some ninety degree days out here. We it's, summer's already here in Oklahoma, so um, hopefully, from what they tell us, that 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 should help a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm uh, hearing reports from my son who lives in Honolulu that. Uh, they're still arresting people for sitting alone on the beach or at least citing them. Uh, and, and it's sort of, uh, I, I'm curious about these states where it's illegal to be out in a, in a warm sunlight, you know, bright, fresh air location uh, when those are the things that are supposed to be most effective at killing off the virus. Um, I can understand, you know, maybe not everybody going crowding into a McDonald's together, but, uh, you know, sitting out in a in a park or or someplace like that, if you if you're reasonable distance from people seems to me like that would be uh, exactly what the government would be encouraging us to do. Yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. The, that, that should be the best thing, you know, and, and still, you know, you see, I think it was someone in California that was arrested for surfing well there wasn't anyone anywhere close to him you know that 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 seems a little ridiculous to me yeah i see this question and we did have Kevin a popped up here do you do you see that uh how how is uh, oklahoma dealing with the beef shortage <clears throat> that's uh that's that's money in oklahoma what's uh what's going yeah. on yeah yes it is um i i think the i think the worst of that is, is gonna um gonna hit us down the road a little bit you know in the grocery stores right now you can still buy your beef and and grocery the grocery stores aren't like they were say back in february where everything was totally stocked and i assume that other parts of the country are similar um but a few things are missing here and there and sometimes beef is a little you know i'm gonna say the beef isn't fully stocked either but uh we haven't had taken a big hit on it just yet but my thought is that in the next couple, two, three weeks, we, we could really see that as the packing plants, have, you know, stop packing and, and, you know, cutting our supply chain a little bit here. And then the, the worst part's going to be, um, you know, how do we, what do the, what do the farmers do with, uh, with the cattle they have? They're trying to get into the, the, to have them butchered and they can't get in, you know, they've got steers that are ready now and they can't get in until the end of July or August, you know, because there's such a backlog now. Um, which I've seen a few bills, nothing local, I don't believe, that um, are trying to make it easier for farmers to, to sell directly to the public as opposed to yeah, having to go through a packing plant, which you always could. My understanding is you always can sell to the public, but not everyone wants to spend $600 at one crack and, and, and fill their freezer. Like, exactly. You need to rent a freezer or a locker or something and yeah, yeah all yeah. of that. And now I, I heard from a, from a friend of mine that, 
he's got a problem on both ends because he's not able to get the feed that he needs at at a price that he can afford to pay. So it's kind of hitting him both ways. True. True. Yeah, I was a little worried about that too. Uh, fortunately, our feed stores around here have been have been open, uh, maybe limited hours. Um, but yeah, if you don't have feed for your animals, you're you're in a in a world of hurt there. Yeah. So it's uh, there's this complex uh, chain of of services that need to be provided, and it seems like uh, the federal government and the states are are kind of chopping off the middle of those chains without. Uh, yeah without any uh, understanding of how that works. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like with a lot of things, they don't exactly know how it works. They just start start, start making changes, and it's usually not for the better. Yeah, I, nothing against lawyers. Uh, they, you know, they're, they, they make uh, uh, really good sinker weights for, for fishing boats and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of them don't really understand the complexities of things that that are bigger than just their law books. So, yeah. True. True. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. So, so schools, freedom of choice in schools, uh, your second amendment, uh, issues and, and, uh, and, and just the, the, the tyranny of, of, uh, of the government, uh, you know, I, frankly, I'm all for protecting the citizens. I'm all for us being, careful but my biggest problem right now is that the government isn't really giving us the information in fact the information that the government is putting out changes so drastically from day to day that we we know that they don't really know what's going on and yet they're driving the bus on us right now uh what what's the what do you see as being the way out you want to be a an oklahoma state senator how are we going to guide oklahoma out of this tunnel I think we just take the precautions and, and, and move at, like you said, the, the biggest problem here is we just don't have the information. And I don't know that anyone truly does um, where this is going to go. We'll, we'll see in retrospect, but I feel like just the social distancing, you know, the masks if necessary, you know, things like that. I think common sense things like that will go a long way. You know, it, it's, it, it's, you know, I feel like and we'll, time will only tell, but I feel like some of the economy, the hit that we've taken in, in, in all the states in our, in our economy, it's possible maybe that didn't have to happen. Maybe we could have not closed down quite so many things. We could have uh, made sure people understood this is a serious issue and we need to take the distancing and we need to, yeah, maybe we can't have sporting events and, and a few things like that, but still allow more folks to go to, to go to work, to earn a living. Um, that, that seems to be yeah, uh, that's one of the things that, that just kind of blows my mind is that they're tinkering with our economics by telling everyone to stay home. They're, they've changed the welfare or the, the, um, the unemployment laws so that some folks are making a good chunk more than they ever did before. Well, it's awful. And, and I feel for, I feel for the people that are only making, you make sense, you know, when you make decisions on dollars and cents on what they need to do for their family it's going to be awful hard to tell folks to go back to work and, and spend 40 hours back at your job or your factory when they're going to be making less money now. That, 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 that's an awful hard sell right there, you know? And, and I don't, I don't know if they didn't care or had a different idea about this or didn't think it through, but that, that's awful. That's an awful tough sell to, to get, get the state back running again. And there was some talk about the state not accepting the extra $600 from, you know, from the federal government you know, the next, in the next month here. And, and of course that, that went over like a lead balloon, but, um, and, and I can't blame anyone else, you know, Hey, it's tough times. People panic. It's a scary time. You want to do everything you can to maximize the amount of money coming into your house every week. And, and, and so that's what folks want to do. But, um, but boy is I feel it's really messed up our economy big time. Yeah, it, it has, and it'll take a long time to untie the knot. And the, and the inconsistency, the irony here in, in Washington State, we can go to Walmart and we can have 300 people in a Walmart, Walmart store at one time, all shopping and buying whatever they want to buy, but we can't spread them out into small businesses because the small businesses are non-essential. Uh, you know, here again, simple logic, 
if if I can buy a new uh, a new chair for my living room at Walmart, I should be able to go to the mom and pop furniture store and buy that same chair and not be in a in a store with three hundred people. But you know, the government exactly. they're they're not thinking these things all the way through, and uh, no. and and they're it they is. are doing serious damage to the economy with with. Oh yeah, it's gonna. I, I don't know how long it's gonna take to come out of this. Yeah, yeah, and I'm never comfortable with. The government saying who's essential and who's not essential that 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 doesn't hold a whole lot of water with me as well you know anyone that's that's working hard to to, to feed their family and that that seems like it's essential to me i heard a story down in washington from an employer who said that uh, his uh, his uh, young employees uh, got pulled over by the police when they were driving home the store closed out of restaurant or whatever it was closed up late at night and the kids are are driving home and they get pulled over by the police and they got kind of hassled so the employer wrote a letter and said these are my employees and they're essential and uh, and that was enough and and you know on the one hand i'm thinking that's yeah. great you know it's great that an employer can do that but on the other hand is this a ridiculous system where uh, you know all you got to do is carry a carry a note around from your boss and it makes you uh, it's just I, I again we haven't thought this thing through it it was way too reactionary and uh, you know i think uh, states like oklahoma that depend so much on uh small business around the country uh you know oklahoma is very dependent on interstate commerce and uh and and you you're really going to be clobbered for many years um my prayer is, uh, you know, I, I'm afraid we're going to see uh, farm and home foreclosures. We're going to see repossession of cars and equipment. We're going to see, uh, you know, loans called in and all of that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it can really damage the small business owner a lot more than the big boxes will be. And, and that's my concern. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and here in Oklahoma, oil is kind of the lifeblood of our economy. So with the country shutting down, no one driving, oil demand drops. You know, the gas prices are. You know, I I put gas in my car for uh, for uh, ninety two cents or so, and I I think that I that's a it's just outrageous. You know that that happens. Hey, who's that behind you there? Oh, that's that's my son Cody. Hey, Cody. Yeah, he, took, he was told not to come through here. That's all right. You know, that's a, that, that's a good example of uh, what we're all learning to deal with right now. It's great to see, Cody. It's, you know, it, and by the way, I mean, I a lot of people are saying, hey, I'm finally in touch with my kids. I'm not so sure how much my kids are loving it, but, but I'm getting a chance to spend more time with my kids. Uh, you know, I think we're learning some valuable lessons. I think that learning to, hey there, Cody, I think that we're learning to uh, to, to, to be more creative in, in the way that we work and more entrepreneurial and and uh, and all of that. And uh, and 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 I like that. And I, I like seeing a politician having his kids in the house with him. We're real people, aren't we? Oh, yes, definitely. We're, we're, we're real people. And, and, you know, to your point there. Uh, I work for a printing company here in Oklahoma City. We had to work from home. We're we're back in the office. Some of us are anyway now. Um, there's furloughs and things going on, of course. But yeah, working from home and then also doing homes. You know, some of the schools have still went into the homeschool. So it, it, it's a definite challenge. And uh, I'm on business meetings all the time and you hear everything from dogs to birds to little kids and uh you hear the whole it's made, th made things a little more interesting in some of those meetings but uh but it's a challenge you're, you're, you're juggling you know four or five aspects of your life all at once in the, in the house when you're used to being able to just kind of focus on one or the other so there, there's some pros and cons to it but uh we're all kind of learning as we go there you know, and I think uh, uh, in libertarian principle, I think that this is a, a good time for us. I, I'm, I'm not celebrating what we're going through, don't get me wrong, but this is a good time for us to evaluate the things that we can do without, um, the government services that we don't really need and, and uh, you know, so many things that we can really adjust and do without. 
the schools have kind of made a case for uh, we never really needed them in the first place. Uh, uh, you know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're going to be closed till September. Go find something else to do, folks. And, uh, and yes. uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to teach us by September just how to rethink our entire paradigm about education. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, and I know that, that, you know, the, this really hasn't affected anyone that homeschools there is it's business as usual for those families and those kids. And, and, you know, they're, they're doing fine. They really have, you know, isn't but a blip in the road for them. Um, whereas some of the other, other kids, unfortunately don't have their, their graduation and, you know, finishing that last semester and things. Um, Cody's in kindergarten. I, I think he'll do all right once he gets to first grade. But, um, but but some of the other kids, you know, if they are in high school or junior high, they are they are kind of missing out on that. You know. Yeah, I feel sorry for the kids who, uh, you know, they enjoy the activities in their senior year of high school. For example, uh, the athletes who are looking at not being scouted, and uh, you know, the kids who like their proms and and uh, student government activities yeah. and all that. There's so many things. Uh, packed into that senior uh, experience in high school. But I do still, I think it's a healthy thing for us to to learn not to lean on that as the be all and end all of, of how we get things done. So I kind of got to say it, 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 it's going to be a healthy thing for the country. I think we're going to see people who have learned a different way of doing things. A lot of employers are, are saying now, uh, uh, you know, we don't need to, to have you come into the office. We're figuring out a different way, and that's going to bring down overhead. It'll also help us rethink the issue of hourly wage. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of you pay people for the job they do, and if they can get it done in two hours or ten hours, that's up to them. Um, exactly. and, and so, yeah, we, we have a few people. If, if we've got a receptionist answering the phones, I think they need to be paid by the hours that they're doing. But most people, I think we're going to learn. You got a lot of welders and pipe fitters and stuff in Oklahoma. I used to work up on the, on the pipeline in Alaska and every other person I worked with up there was from Oklahoma. Uh, I was a, a boiler maker up there and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, the wage really uh, should, in my opinion, should be based on, how much work you do, not how long you take to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Part, part, part of that's your job is to find the most efficient and the best way to do it. And, it, and if someone can do it in, in less time and less work, well, then more power to them. And, and those are the folks we, we're looking to hire anyway, you know. So I, commanded so I, a little, I also find it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say I, I, commanded I, was just a little, gonna, I, I commanded a little NATO base in Italy. And, uh, and I told my, uh, my, my department heads, you know, everyone needs to be on the base until lunchtime because the cook needs to know that he's preparing lunch for everybody. After lunch, if the work's done, uh, folks can go do whatever they want to do. And it's amazing. We got a whole day's work done in four hours every day on the base. Yep. And there's probably no better incentive than that right there. You know, when you get it done, you go home, you know. Um, and, and, I, and I bet a lot of new innovation popped up and people found ways of doing things they hadn't tried before because that's heck of an incentive to go home early, you know, but, uh, and they were happier. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the more, the more, just like anything, the more power and the more options and more you, know, you give a, an employee, the happier they're going to be, you know, they're going to show up and do things the way they want to do it. Assuming it's the right way, you know, to go with it, you know, that, that those are the folks you need. Um, I find it a little funny that uh, when you touched on the regulations there, here in Oklahoma, they can now, they, you know, uh, there's so many takeout restaurants. Our restaurants are still doing all right because of the doing okay, not, nothing where they used to be, but um, they're still open doing a lot of takeout. And so Cinco de Mayo was the other day. If you wanted to have a couple uh, Coronas thrown in your order, you could do that and, and send it out and, and they're kind of, they're, they're waving some of the, the regulations and laws we had, which tells me if, if we can do that now, do we really ever really need those laws? You know, there's, I just feel like there's so many laws we have that really are unnecessary and they cause more trouble than they're, than they're really helping, you know, so. I, uh, we kicked off our campaign in Louisiana 
uh, a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. And uh, our friends in Louisiana introduced us to drive-through margarita joints. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that, that, because those margaritas that we were getting, those were the real deal. And I'm not so sure that driving through and, and sipping your margarita while you're driving is the, the, <laughs> the best idea anybody ever had. But uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I enjoyed more than a couple of those margaritas. Oh yeah, yep, yep. They they do things a little bit different there, but yeah, no, there's no uh, there's no, no qualms about having a an open drink on the street or, or pretty much anywhere. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it, it, as long as you're safe, and that's the that needs to be exactly. the guiding. Yep. In fact, you know, I was just saying the other day, and it's something that I think we need to to revisit, uh, especially if you're going to be a state legislator. Um, you know, we we have heard so many people say we're a nation of laws that we start repeating that as though it, it actually makes sense. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people repeat these little mantras to me over the years and you start saying them as though they're truth. But if we're a nation of laws, then that means our job as a nation is to support the law. And I believe we're a nation of people. I believe that the yes. role the role of the law is to support the people. And whenever the law fails to support the people, the people need to win, not the law. And and so yes. this this nonsense of arresting people for sitting out in public because, well, my goodness, we have a virus. You know, people ought to be able to use their best judgment. You can look at a situation and you can say that guy's sitting on a park bench in 90 degree sunlight in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, he's not hurting anybody. And if anything, he's he's making more sense than the people who are locked up in their houses. Uh, you know, I just think that we need to remember the purpose of law when we're looking at something like that. What's Jake got yeah. here? What what do you think about the fact that the government is in talks about opening up business? yet they still arrested the hairdresser in Texas. I, I think yeah, that was beyond overkill. Pretty, that's, that's a little crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, they roll up with the, the military vehicle and, and, and go in there. And yeah, I, I have no idea what they're thinking when they, when they do some of those things. But it just, it's, a, it's a perfect illustration of, so in someone's mind, they came up and said, hey, we can't have you know we need to shut these certain businesses down and if they if we shut if they don't listen then we need to come up with this you know this kind of a punishment and every time you do you know every time you come up with a law essentially it might be down the line a little bit it's kind of as, as people say it's backed up by a gun and if and if you don't and, and if you don't want a gun pointed at somebody then maybe you should think about that law before we pass that a couple of years ago, I was listening to Penn Gillette talking about that very issue. And what Penn said was, we shouldn't pass any law that we're not willing to back up with a gun. Because if you think about it, that's what we're saying. We're, we're saying, hey, if you, uh, you know, if you don't do this, we might cite you or we might arrest you. And if you don't come along peacefully, then we might have to draw our gun to make you come along. So the ultimate... Uh, uh, inducement, if you will, for obeying the law is we we will bring a gun if we need to bring a gun, and and if we're not willing to 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 stick a gun in somebody's face, we shouldn't be passing that law. Exactly. It's simple. Yep. 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 And and no one thinks about that when they pass it. Now, this would be a good idea. This would be a good idea. It, 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 in my opinion, it's never a good idea to make a gun a, a law. You know. You know that has to be enforced by a gun for some for simple things like such as the hairdresser you know yeah and it, it, you know exactly and and by the way speaking of that um uh the the uh, the prisons uh you know i mean it's it's worse the problem is worse now because we're incarcerating people locking them up uh in a situation where they're in close proximity when we've got a virus that's spreading uh, there are states like Oregon that are just making my head explode on that right now. But in general, uh, you know, you've you've had uh, you've had quite a debate in Oklahoma about your prison system. Uh, how how how's that going down there? 
Um, I, actually, we, I haven't heard too much about it here as, as of late as the pandemic is going on, other than, yeah, you're right, it, just in general, releasing some people for uh, low-level crimes and things like that. Uh, because it, you're right, it does. it's kind of a churn, if you will, as far as um, con contracting the virus or possibly contracting the virus, which seems like it's just ridiculous to me that we're going to let some folks out of jail because they, we don't want them to get the virus, but then someone else is going to open up their hairdresser shop and we're going to send them to jail. <laughs> well, now we're, we're introducing the, the, the virus back to them. And, and it, that makes no sense to me at, at whatsoever. So uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that's not good at all. Well, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about not being able to get a haircut these days. That's, that's really, uh, you know, that's putting my life in personal stress, but uh you know, it, it's it's just uh, honestly, it's the ability of people to make a living, but it's also, um, you know, some people, it's a psychological well-being question, and the non-aggression oh, principle. Don and I, my wife and I, were just talking about this today about the the psychological aspect of the non-aggression principle. Yes, we're not supposed to, you know, physically be aggressive against people, but we're also not supposed to take unfair financial advantage of them, and we're not supposed to uh, to take psychological aggression toward them. Um, and, and I think that uh, this whole lockdown thing is financially abusing a lot of people, and, and, and we're choosing who's essential and not essential, and and uh, and and causing a great deal of of, of emotional stress. Uh, you know, I hate to think about the suicide rate and what's happening right now. We won't collect that data for another couple of months. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the, me the mental ha health aspect of this is, is huge. You know, and, and yeah, like you said, we have no idea of how how it's going. We won't find out for a while. But yeah, you're 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 closing down. You're forcing. Assuming you say you lost your job. Now you're not at your job. You don't have money. The stress, you know, if you were, say if you had a, a mental health condition already or you're stressed already, now you have, you're even more stressed. You, you don't, you, you can't go to your job. You're, every person's different, but a lot of people thrive in a structure, in somewhat of a structured system. That structure is took my six-year-old, for example, he does much better in a structured uh, environment. Uh, you know, it, it, he goes a little stir crazy sometimes here. In the same way with anyone else, if you're the, the breadwinner for your family, now you don't have your job. Now your stress is even higher. The, it, possibly the things that uh, that your stress relief, you know, comes from, you're not able to get out to your job. You don't go anywhere for enjoyment. The, the gym is closed. You can't, you know, work out physically to even help yourself. So, uh, yeah, it, that's a whole aspect the, the government's not talking about at all that, that, that I think is huge and, and could be, you know, even, even worse than the, the actual virus itself. And there's uh, additional aspects of that. I was just talking with a parent the other day who's got a, an adolescent child who's got Asperger's syndrome. And, uh, and, and those, those people thrive on consistency and order and uh, and they they like yeah. to have their life in in its proper boxes and, and just simply explaining to them that there's a virus and you got to stay home and you can't do the things you're used to doing that's not working for them and there are a number of parents really struggling right now with with this whole aspect of it again the government needs to certainly give us the information we need to to make our decisions, but making decisions without knowing all of the the, the ramifications of it, uh, maybe not a healthy thing for us. So yeah, it's a little bit of a microcosm with the, the way the government handles a lot of things, whether it's the economy or whatever. They just go in and start making changes and, and listen to us. This will be best. And you find out they're making things 10 times worse. You know? So they want to run our healthcare system from top to bottom, but they can't even get us tests for the, the virus right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that, that doesn't make me feel so good. Let me know how that's working for you. Yeah. So what else have you got to tell us about? What what else is important in your campaign? Um, pretty much just uh, I want to kind of bring bring people's freedom back to them. I feel like every year, whether it's the the Democrats or the Republicans. A lot of the subjects we spoke about here, we're just little by little they're whittling away our freedom, and that, and that's not 
that's not the way I see America. You know, when, when I was brought up, I was, I was told that this was the, the freest country in the world. You can go out and do anything. Well, it, it's getting to the point where that, that isn't so true anymore. You have to pay this person to, you pay, you know, to allow, uh, you know, to go into this, this business or you have to pay this person or you can't do this without a permit or you can't do that. You know, it, I grew up in a rural area and we had, we had very, we've had very few laws and we probably didn't know about half the laws we did have. And, and people just kind of lived their lives, took care, took care of each other, did what they wanted to and everything's fine. That, that way of life is, is kind of gone to a certain extent, you know, the government's involved in everything. Um, you know, just the, the examples of, you know, just going out to do something that you think is okay to do and somebody calls it in that, that you shouldn't be out there. Well, that stuff like that frustrates me. And, and, and that's kind of what that's, there's a few reasons I'm running. That's one of them. Uh, the other reason is that I like to show people that you don't have to be someone that's rich or someone that, that comes from this background or that background. You can just be a, uh, old farm boy like myself and, and you can run and, and get your name out there, talk to people and, and try and make a difference. You know, I, I hear a lot of people there feel the same way I do. And I just wanted to, you know, try it myself and see if I couldn't help and, and, and have some folks get behind me like that. You know, my, my grandfather, who was one of the most important people in my life, just, he told me when I was six years old, you know what the right thing is. Just do the right thing. And, you know, that sounds simplistic, but in, in it the truth, I mean, we all know what the right thing is. And, We've forgotten and, that too, all too often. Yeah, for the most part, I, I you know, I'm, I, I know we have to watch out for unscrupulous people, and most of them are politicians, so we know where to find them. But, uh, uh, you know, let's just do the right thing. I see this question up on the board. Uh, uh, <coughs> Seth said he, he's heard about my plan to preside over Senate. You know, I'm, I'm running for vice president. And, and one of the roles of the, of the vice president is to preside over the deliberations of the Senate. Um, and that really hasn't been done very much. It, he, he also is the tiebreaker vote. If you have a 50-50 tie in the Senate, then the vice president is the tiebreaker vote. But the, the presiding over Senate hasn't happened very much since Thomas Jefferson did it which was more than a few years ago. Um, so my take on the role of vice president is to preside over Senate, not because I want to be the boss, but because if we can make the deliberations of Senate public, then the people are equipped to, to keep their government accountable and to be a part of what's going on. You running for Oklahoma State Senate uh, and again, I, you know, I really think that Oklahoma has uh, a, a kind of a more open government than a lot of states do. Uh, you know, you've got your issues as any state does, but I think that uh, by and large, you're, you're doing pretty well there. But what do you, what do you think about making the Oklahoma government accountable to the people? How do you do that? Uh, you know, I think you just need to be transparent. Um, you know, there's a handful of, of uh, uh, congressmen and, and senators that do that via their Twitter page and explain why they voted on this and why they didn't. Um, I, I don't see why everyone doesn't do that. You know, why, you know, why do we have these votes um, and no one really says how they, you know, how they voted or explains why they voted the way that they did. You know, there's the media can portray some of these bills in, in, in my opinion, in a, a little bit of a, a twisted light sometimes that they're going to portray it this way. Well, there might be other factors in that bill that never gets talked about. Joe Schmo, like myself, we, we don't know what's all in the bill. And so we find somebody that voted for it or voted against it. Well, now we have a different opinion of that person. And that might not have anything to do with, you know, that, that may be incorrect, I should say, because of the other things in the bills that, that we don't know about. If people would just come out and say, hey, this is why I voted, or most importantly, that everybody shows up and votes. I know that, that's sometimes a uh, sometimes an issue as well. But if, if, if they can explain why they voted the way they voted, that holds a lot of weight with me because they're explaining their position on something, um, as opposed to just saying, hey, I went with the party line on this one, and so forth. 
So a little little pivot here, but you know, I spent a few days down in Oklahoma uh, just a few months ago. Spent, I guess, most of our time was in Tulsa. But uh, you've got a lot of uh, Native American population in Oklahoma, yes. and yep. uh, and so yep. you've got sort of the the two government system in the state, or multiple government. But you've got two two types of government in the in the state. Uh, how do you work in a state where uh, where you've got people who uh, are, are accountable to a different government? Um, it, it, I haven't really seen a whole lot of problems with that. Um, it, it's it's pretty seamless. You know, I haven't I, I haven't been uh, on, on any tribal lands and gotten involved in anything you know legally, and and so I, I don't have any firsthand experience. Um, I know we do have a, a little issue with uh, our, our government. There's a little squabble between the tribes and our governor and our governor here regarding the uh, the casinos. Um, he seems to think that they're not paying enough to the government and they're getting a really good deal. Um, the, the tribes believe that that's a, a reoccurring uh, contract every year and, and it's not set to go go up at all. And so we've got a little issue there. Um, but for the most part, um, I haven't been involved in any, any any concerns of the, you know, the, anything on tribal lands like that myself. Yeah, it's, that's really interesting to me. Uh, I've seen that in a few different states where gambling is generally not legal except on tribal lands, but the states want to be sure to get their neck off of the gambling too. And it's, uh, I, I'm not saying there's hypocrisy there, but you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's a little funny. Uh, that's that's a funny yeah, problem yeah. to have. But I, the and, reason and he's I threatened to open it up. That, go ahead. Say that again. I was going to say, and he's threatened to open up so that they they would not have the you know that anyone could open up a casino on non-tribal lands. Um, I, I I think they're kind of calling his bluff on that. But. Well, Seth said he got the best steak of his life in Oklahoma. There's some good beef in that state. Yeah, well, the reason the reason I asked you about that that issue of uh, of the the tribal lands is uh, you know I think it's a a good example of government at the lowest level. Um, you know it, it it not that the problems are flawless. They're 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 not. Uh, they're real problems, and and some of the tribal lands tribal councils have some serious issues that they need to overcome. But it's it is a a really good example of, of government being at the local level and being done for the most part uh, in a way that takes fairly good care of the people. I, I, you know, I, I, again, I, we can, we can certainly provide examples of, of where it's not working well. And, and uh, that's the problem of all government. But I, I do think that uh, Oklahoma shows us some promise in, uh, in returning power to the people. Yeah, it, when you look at Oklahoma in relation to some of the other states around, yeah, I think uh, I think we do well. Um, we've got a, a pretty good uh, Libertarian Party here in, in Oklahoma and in Central Oklahoma. Um, just recently got involved with them a few years ago, and uh, and I, I think we, I think we make more headway here than we than maybe some groups in other states do anyway. So what are the polls telling you? How's your uh, how's your chance of election right now? Oh, I don't I don't know if we have any poll information yet. And 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 to be honest with the pandemic, it, the campaign started off a little bit slow here. I can't exactly go and and knock on doors and shake hands exactly the you know the way I would maybe in, in years past. Um, so we're getting a little off to a little bit of a slow start, but I think there's a I think there's a good opportunity here. Uh, the the current senator uh, I think I might have mentioned ran unopposed his last two terms. Uh, he does have some. Uh, I think there's three three other folks that are running on the Republican side. There's there's no Democrat running, so it'll be a two way race, which which uh, which is always good. And and we'll kind of see how things shake out this fall. But uh, looking forward to to meeting some more folks and, and getting out there. Well, I know Hopefully you can use uh, you can use plenty of support within the 17th district there. But what about uh, the rest of us libertarians? What can we do to make sure that Greg gets elected? Uh, you you can check out my uh, check out my website sadlerforoksenate.com. Uh, uh, all my information will be on there. Uh, my my Twitter, my Facebook, out there. 
uh, check it out, get in contact with me. I've got a place where we can uh, set up uh, donations, volunteers, uh, things like that. Um, like I said, we're not, not, we're not getting a couple of those things rolling just yet, but once, once Oklahoma kind of opens back up, hopefully soon this summer and we can kind of get get after things the, the way we need to. Well, Greg, you're, you're articulate about, uh, libertarian issues. You obviously understand what your local issues are. Uh, you'd make a horrible politician because you know what you're talking about, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but but aside from that, uh, you know, I I think you're a, you're an example of exactly what the Libertarian Party wants to see, and that is we need to across the spectrum, but particularly um, in in the 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 local, not not just the city and county races, but um, the the U.S. House races and the the upper houses of state legislature where we can create a movement of libertarianism across the country and, and create synergy between the candidates for those offices. So seeing somebody who, uh, who understands things as well as you do, who's able to express himself and, you know, obviously carry his case to the people, uh, that makes me want to encourage people to give you support and, and make this thing happen. Well, so I appreciate it. So th that that website one more time Sadler for uh, okay Sa Senate uh, yeah yeah uh, Sadler for okay Senate.com. okay and is that the number four or is that F O R uh, F O R it is a F O R, F -O -R. Yep. Sadler for okay Senate.com. Senate. Uh, yes and uh, people can come there they can support you they can uh, they can uh -huh. ask you questions and find out yep. how they can help you out um, and. Uh, you know, let's uh, let's let's give Greg a boost, folks, and uh, let's let's uh, create some synergy too uh, um, among the candidates. Uh, there are some uh, uh, people running for uh, federal offices and some other offices. Uh, we need to create synergy between all of these great candidates. Greg, it's been a pleasure yes. talking with you, and I really appreciate having you on. Uh, anything Same else that you want to? you want to be able to say before you before we punch out here no just uh thanks a lot for having me on uh hopefully i, I talk to you soon here um but yeah if any folks want to check out my webpage, um i look forward to, to getting this campaign kicked off and talking to folks around here and and folks like yourself as well well good and i was hoping i was kind of dragging it out because i was hoping cody had come around one more time is he there where you can call him over and introduce him to people or i i, I would but i think he went outside he, all right we, we got a little we got a little acreage out there i think he's playing with the goats right now so oh man okay well i, I i'd be jealous except i'm uh, sitting in the olympic national forest in in washington oh, and it's oh. I, I got a couple of tall sequoia trees right out the window here so very uh, nice I, yeah, it's it's beautiful here. We just got to watch out for the bears when we're out at night. But other than that, it's a, it's a beautiful place to be. So glad that you're in a good place and uh, take good care of Cody and take good care of your state. Folks, Sadler for OKSenate.com. Um, and Greg Sadler, thank you so much for your time. Um, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And as always, friends, Ken Armstrong, armstrong2020.com. You can come visit our site, learn more about us. And it has absolutely been a pleasure being with you today. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.